G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I have a 10-step solution to overcoming depression. Step number one, do something for someone who has greater needs than you do. Step number two, repeat step number one nine more times. When we bring a smile to somebody else's face, isn't it interesting how their smile is contagious? Pastor Greg Laurie has an encouragement. Experts have found helping and focusing on others instead of yourself can literally change your mood. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. It's so easy to get inside our own heads. It's an echo chamber of thoughts, often negative thoughts that feed on each other. One anxious thought sits there and it germinates the next one. And pretty soon it's a garden of worry and depression. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to pull those anxious thoughts out by the roots and let the truth of God plant itself deeply in our hearts and minds. So glad you've joined us today for some good insight from Scripture. So what do we do when worry hits? What do we do when we're suddenly filled with anxiety? What do we do when we're overcome with fear? Answer, we need to give our worries to Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter five, starting in verse six. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he'll lift you up in honor Underline this phrase, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And by the way, the word used here for cast is not the normal word for throwing something. Rather, it is a word that signifies a definite act of the will by which we choose to stop worrying about something and let God assume the responsibility for our welfare. So I'm saying, I am gonna deliberately not worry about this and I'm going to intentionally throw this on God. I'm gonna put it in His hands and I'm gonna leave it in His hands. But let me just for a few moments talk about clinical depression. You know, there is... I believe people can be clinically depressed or actually have medical issues in play. And uh, sometimes the answer is not just, you know, another verse from the Bible and another prayer. Sometimes people need to go see a doctor and they need to have a complete checkup and they need to maybe take a little time off. You know, there is a place for recharging our batteries. There is a time to uh, take some time off, take a vacation even. Even Jesus with his disciples over in Mark uh, chapter 631 said, come apart to a quiet place and rest for a while. 
And the reason he said this was because so many people were coming and going that Jesus and the apostles didn't even have time to eat. I love how practical that is. Lord, so many people are being touched. Yeah, let's go get away for a little bit. You guys need to have lunch now. I love the practicality of that. Listen, if you don't come apart, you're gonna fall apart. And there's sometimes practical things we need to consider when we're dealing with maybe depression that we're facing in our life. Frankly, it could be your diet. You know, I look at what some people eat and I'm thinking that's gonna affect the way you feel and the way you think. You're eating Krispy Kreme donuts and washing it down with Diet Coke. I love that, you know. <laughs> Meaning all this fattening food, but I'm having a Diet Coke. That'll pretty much correct everything. So you're just filling yourself with sugar and then you're constantly watching television or looking at social media or filling your mind with junk and you wonder why you feel down. Maybe ask yourself some practical questions. When's the last time I took a vacation? Uh, what images am I filling my mind with? How much time am I spending on social media? Uh, do I have a tendency to isolate myself? That can be another problem. When we get alone and we're not around others who can sort of help us and we can get into a funk. And by the way, this happened to men and women of God. Elijah comes to mind. Elijah, the great miracle-working prophet. Elijah who prayed and the rain stopped. He prayed again, the rain came back. The prophet who literally called fire down from heaven. And yet, after his great battle with the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel, and the fire of God fell from heaven in answer to Elijah's prayer and, and those false prophets were, were dealt with and it was just a glorious moment. Right afterwards he went into a cave and just went into the deepest depression ever. And it was in that cave that the Lord actually spoke to him and said, what are you doing here? See, he isolated himself. And then he's sleeping. And an angel wakes him up and I love what the angel said to him. He said to him in 1 Kings 19.7, Get up and eat. Isn't that interesting? Not pray more. Read more scripture. Just have a sandwich, will you? Maybe you're just hangry, right? <laughs> you just need to have something to eat. My wife can tell when I'm a little bit cranky. You know, she'll throw food at me just to calm me down. No, but seriously, sometimes it's as simple as just having something to eat, having a good night's sleep, resting a little bit, having a balanced diet, even exercising. These things all have their place. But here's something I found. Depression often comes after high moments in your life. Low lows often follow high highs, right? So you have that big moment and then you have to return to reality and for some, it's kind of hard to deal with. I read an interesting article by a doctor named Robin Smith. Uh, she wrote a book called Hungry, The Truth About Being Full. And she writes about those who feel an emptiness in their lives after experiencing great success. And she calls it, quote, being hungry for the high note. And she writes about the deaths of Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. She said, and I quote, people say drugs killed them. Drugs didn't kill them. What killed them is they were striving and hungry and they were striving to hit the high note again. And I think that can be true of people. You know, they, they have this certain uh, success in their life or this certain euphoric moment in their life and they want it to always be like that. And when it isn't like that, they get 
depressed. We just have to understand that the culture is not going to bring us the fulfillment that we're looking for. Remember this. You are not alone. If you're a Christian, God is with you. If you're not a Christian, God is near and can be with you and in you if you call out to Him. The Lord reminds us in Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you up with my victorious right hand. Well, thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And he's offering some great encouragement today. It's from a message called God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety, and Worry. If you're dealing with depression, I have a 10-step solution to your depression, to overcoming it. So if you're taking notes, definitely write this down. 10 steps to overcoming depression. Point number one, do something for someone who has greater needs than you do. Do something for someone who has greater needs than you do. Step number two, repeat step number one nine more times. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's it. Now understand, I'm not dealing with clinical depression or anything like that now. But I'm just saying, a lot of times our problem is we're so focused on ourselves. And if you just find someone who has a real need, probably a need much greater than yours, it can put things into perspective for you. Experts have found helping and focusing on others instead of yourself can literally change your mood. It's a well-documented fact that volunteering elevates mood in most people. It's a phenomenon that has actually been dubbed the helper's high. The helper's high. And it's been assessed biologically in brain imaging studies and it's been looked at in research on the release of endorphins. So you've heard of the runner's high. There is also the giver's high. And I can tell you, I've experienced this myself. Where there have been times I've stepped up to speak and maybe I'm not feeling well. Or something else is troubling me and I'm really not in the mood to speak. But I get up and do it anyway. And I start with my spiritual gas tank maybe at 20%. And I end at 100%. I'm thinking, wait, how does that work? I started out depleted and he ended up full. I'll tell you how it works. The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. With the same measure you give to others, it will be given back to you. So that's why we're always saying to you, get involved and serve. And I think when church really starts firing on all cylinders is when we start participating, not just attending, not just expecting everyone to cater to us, but we come saying, I want to serve now. I want to help now. I want to do something now. And I don't care what I do. I just want to do something to bring glory to God. And you'll start having that helper's high, so to speak, or the giver's high. So uh, when someone asks you what you're doing on the weekend, you can just say, hey man, I'm getting high. <laughs> I'll say, what? I thought you were a Christian. I am a Christian. And I'm going to serve the Lord. And that makes me high, man. <laughs> now, you know, understand I'm not trying to make this overly simplistic. You're not always going to have a euphoric feeling when you do things for God. But what I am saying is there is a certain lift that you can experience. And then when you find someone really in need, I can think of times I've gone to make a hospital call. And then maybe I have a cold. Oh, I have a cold. Life's so hard. 
I hate colds, I'm thinking. Then I go and visit somebody that is terminally ill or somebody that's facing a real serious illness of some kind. And sometimes they minister to me more than I minister to them. And I walk out feeling bad about how selfish I was, not even wanting to go there in the first place, and how I got perspective on what real hardship is, but yet how the Lord was there with them. So I think it really helps us when we can get perspective about these things. Let's read one more passage and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord no matter what you're going through. Rejoice in the Lord no matter what you are going through. Rejoice in the Lord always, writes Paul. And again I say rejoice. Notice it doesn't say rejoice in your circumstances always. And again I say rejoice. You don't have to necessarily rejoice in circumstances. You don't have to say, Lord, I'm so thankful that, you know, I just wrecked my car. No, rather, I'm so thankful that despite the fact that I wrecked my car, you're in control of my life and you can provide for me and you love me. That's rejoicing in the Lord, see? So despite my circumstances or maybe my physical challenges I'm facing or despite other areas of my life I'm dealing with, the Lord's still in control. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my king. The Lord is my father. The Lord is thinking about me. So with this in mind, I can rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Maybe you've come here tonight with the weight of the world on you. You've just heard some devastating news. Something has happened that has sort of sent you into a tailspin. And you're just, you don't feel good right now. You don't even really in some ways want to even be here right now. But here you are. And here's what Jesus is saying. Come to me right now. If you're laboring under the weight of your sin. If you're tired of carrying heavy burdens. And let me carry that for you. Hey, if you're schlepping around a bunch of heavy luggage and someone says, can I carry that for you? Your answer should be, yes, you can. <laughs> and thank you very much for that. So here's the Lord saying, let me lift that burden off of you. Let me help you with that. Let me stand right next to you now and carry that thing that you're carrying. Give it to me. Now look, he's not gonna take it from you. You have to give it to him. That's why Jesus says, come to me if you're under the weight of sin, or you're under the weight of anxiety, or you're under the weight of worry. He says, give it to me, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. He says, come to me with your problems. Maybe you're saying, man, I, I've made such a mess of my life. I don't even know where to start. But, but how do I, I get this fixed? Will you just come and admit you can't fix it on your own? You come to God and say, I need your help. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I need someone to pull me out of this mess that I'm in right now because I can't pull myself out of it. Maybe you have like an addiction or maybe you have some other vice that has a hold of you or just some other area of your life. You just can't sort it out. You can't fix it. That's okay. 
You're just like the rest of us. So just come and say, Lord, help me, forgive me. And, and I'm telling you, whatever problems you're facing in life, God can change your story right here, right now. But you have to come to Him. He's not gonna force His way into your life. He invites you to come. He welcomes you. But you must say, all right, Lord, I'll take your hand right now and, and let you pull me out of this. And, and Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And that's your biggest problem. Not your anxiety, not your worry, not anything you're facing right now that's of a temporal nature. Your biggest issue is where you're gonna spend eternity. And according to the Bible, there's only two options. Can you guess what they are? Heaven and hell. By the way, that hasn't changed and it never will. Despite shifting culture and what we think or don't think, doesn't matter. Two destinations in the afterlife, heaven or hell. God wants you to go to heaven. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and pay the price for the wrongs we've done so we don't have to go to hell. He died in our place. And if we'll believe in him and turn from our sin, he'll change our eternal address from hell to heaven. But you must call out to him. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've not done that yet, why don't you do it right now as we pray together. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross in our place. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down for us. And now I pray for anyone that has joined us here tonight. If they don't know you, if they don't have a relationship with you, help them to come to you, help them to believe in you, help them to be forgiven by you, we pray. Amen. important prayer about inviting the Lord into our lives. And if you'd like to respond today and know the Lord personally, Pastor Greg Laurie would like to help you right now. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture God Almighty has heard your prayer, and he will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God. So congratulations, you've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. Thanks, Pastor Greg. And if you've just prayed those words and meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. And we'd love to welcome you into the family of God. We'd love to send you some follow-up materials as you begin a new life of faith. Just ask for our New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-005011. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings us more valuable biblical counsel in his study series called God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety and Worry. Hope you can join us same time tomorrow. This is the day, the day when life begins.
copy of today's full message from Pastor Greg, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety and Worry. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.